Torrent. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Putin is furious to protect his bear, the Russian bear. And today on Viewpoint, as we discuss and open up some things that perhaps you have never heard Concerning the background, concerning the attack on Ukraine, it may actually change your viewpoint. So I hope you'll listen to every word of today's program. You will not hear these things anywhere in the news media. You will not hear them on television, but you must hear them. Because they have everything to do with setting the stage for the final events of biblical prophecy and world history. So today on Viewpoint, we take a look at the proxy war, NATO fighting Russia in a Ukrainian proxy war. Russia mobilizing for war. But when did Russia mobilize for war? Well, according to Haaretz.com, back in June of 2016. June of 2016, not... 2022. But why? Why the report, Russia mobilizing for war, according to a Canadian intelligence report in 2016? Why, at the same time, in the very same year, within a week, the Jerusalem Post announced that Benjamin Netanyahu at Israel was deepening ties with Russia as important to Israel's security? Why, in the same period of time, within two to three weeks, the Jerusalem Post asked the question or made the statement, beware Russians bearing gifts. What is this all about? And from the UK, at the very same time, 2016, June, World War III, furious Putin to ramp up military training after NATO warning. A NATO warning in 2016? I thought this was all an unprovoked attack by Russia in 2022. That's what you thought too, right? Because that's all that we have heard. That's all that we have heard. But there's much more to the story, friends. Much more to the story. And today on Viewpoint, we unfold that. Not because we're supporting Russia, not because we're supporting NATO, not because we're supporting anything in particular other than God's plan and purposes. That's what we really want to be interested in. That's what we really want to focus on, because all the nations from God's viewpoint are, as the Scripture says, a drop in the bucket. A drop in the bucket. All the nations. That's right, all the nations, are as a drop in the bucket. Your commitment, your allegiance, your hope is not to a particular geographical national uh, location, ultimately. It is to the kingdom of God. That's why Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything else will be added unto you. 
But if we are tempted to seek first other kinds of kingdoms, we might just find ourselves, well, on the other side, not only of history, but of biblical prophecy. And we don't, we don't want to be there. We don't want to do that. So we want to see things from God's viewpoint, if at all possible. Hopefully, today's program will enable us to see the bigger picture that is going on with regard to this issue of Russia and Ukraine. From the Russian Times on April 9th came this headline, Ex-Russian President Warns About World Order. Hmm. An ex-Russian president. The sanctions imposed on Moscow, he said, will lead to the collapse of international institutions, including the United Nations, said Medvedev. The unprecedented scale of the restrictions placed on Moscow, he said, will lead to the collapse of all international institutions and primarily the United Nations, he warned. In essence, it is a declaration of economic war, he added. No one should doubt that Russia will use its right to self-defense through any means it deems necessary, he said. The result will be a destroyed world order and extremely heavy consequences for the global economy. Well, if the current world order is destroyed, what will replace it? That's exactly the issue. What will replace it? And in fact, according to everything that we're putting together here today on Viewpoint, as we have already previously alluded to in several broadcasts over the past several weeks, The real issue here has to do with the establishment of a new world order by intent. Not by passive response or not by response to protect Ukraine, but by intent to use Ukraine as a foil or a sacrificial lamb in order for NATO representing the resurrecting Roman Empire of years gone by, a biblical prophecy, to its final role as world-dominating one world order. Please, please think clearly, if you can, about what we share here today on Viewpoint. Why did the ex-Russian president warn about the world order? Well, the existing world order is what he was warning about, that things are going to collapse. Is it that they're going to collapse by default, or is it they're going to collapse by intent? That really is the issue. And you will not hear any of this on the news media, and I don't care where you go, you're just not going to hear it. Today, we're going to connect the dots, hopefully, in a way that, uh, well, perhaps wouldn't have seemed possible just a week ago. From the British or UK publication Express, World War III, question mark, furious Putin to ramp up military training after NATO warning. But when did this article appear? 
in mid-2016, not 2021 or 2022, no, 2016. Defense Chief Andrei Krasov branded NATO proposals to send four multinational battalions to the Baltic countries as a declaration of war. He said this increase of the military bloc is definitely an unfriendly step on NATO's part. It really poses a threat. A threat to what? Well, we're going to unfold this point by point, friends, in a timeline. And by the time we're through, I think we may have a very different view of what really is taking place and why. Stay tuned. You're listening to Viewpoint. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. The stage is being set. The nations of the world are moving very, very rapidly, coalescing in unusual ways, different ways, in order to come and bring about the fulfillment of biblical prophecy. And they're unwittingly doing that, I'm sure. But they are doing it. You see, God always knows the end from the beginning. He is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, and he sees the end from the beginning, which you and I do not. Try as we might, and we read and read and read biblical prophecy in the book of Daniel, the book of Revelation, and other passages, even in the Psalms. We read about prophecy, but we don't get it. We don't connect the dots, and we do not. We find it so difficult to put ourselves in a different position other than just the business-as-usual outlooks and viewpoints of our particular experience and culture and so on. But there is a bigger picture, and it's the picture from God's viewpoint. And that's the viewpoint that matters the most, isn't it? In fact, ultimately, it's the only viewpoint that matters. All other viewpoints are only moving in a direction to help fulfill God's ultimate viewpoint. He's not forcing the nations to do these things. In their godless enterprises, they are exactly conforming to what he ultimately said was going to happen through the prophet Daniel, the book of Revelation, and all the other prophets. The book of Daniel tells us about these four great powers in the world, historically, beginning with Babylon, the head of gold, and then the Medo-Persian Empire that took over after that, that is now Iran seeking to resurrect itself as a world power, seeking to rule the world under Sharia law and the mullahs of Iran. That's their goal. And they believe that their Islamic Mahdi, Messiah, is going to ultimately accomplish that goal. In addition to that, we see then 
Alexander the Great and the great Grecian Empire that took over for the Medo-Persians. And that governed the world so rapidly, so quickly, and it was called the Hellenizing of the world. had nothing to do with hell itself directly. It was just called the Hellenizing of the world, which was kind of like the Greek influence that was going to prevail to unify the world according to Greek thinking. After that came the Roman Empire. It became it began as a republic, and then it became an empire under the emperors, which took on the title of Pontifus Maximus. In other words, the merging, the ultimate merging of civil rulership and spiritual leadership. In other words, they were the kingpins. They were the ultimate merger of church and state in the Roman Empire, and that's why, ultimately, they called themselves gods. They became veritable gods and declared themselves such. So that was not a mystery, if we understand it from that viewpoint. Then, ultimately, about 400 A.D., after Constantine, there was a shift. There was a shift from the Roman civil authorities, the emperors, to the bishop of Rome, known most commonly as the Pope. He's called the Pope because it's a shortened form of the pontiff, which is a shortened form of Pontifus Maximus, the very title that was used by the Roman emperors, the merging of church and state for absolute rulership in the world. From that time on, the baton of the Roman government and Rome itself and its entire spirit was passed to the Bishop of Rome or the Pope. From that time forward, popes were deemed to be the rulers of the world. Whether or not it appeared to the rest of the world that they were, they were deemed to be the rulers of the world and would ultimately rule the world. In fact, not only would they rule the world, but they would rule the world not from the Vatican, but from Jerusalem. And yes, indeed, from the Temple Mount. We don't have time to go into all of the details of the past 20, 25 years, as the Vatican has point by point sought to take over all of the sites in Israel and in Jerusalem, including the Temple Mount, to set the stage for the Pope to sit on Mount Zion as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It's true. You can read about that in my book, King of the Mountain. The eternal epic and end-time battle where he who rules the the Temple Mount is deemed to rule the world. King of the Mountain. 
You might just want to get a copy of it. It's a $20 book. Yours for $15. It's on our website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. You can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA. You could write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. It's all laid out there with annotations, hundreds of them. Yes, even from the Vatican. Now, that become uh, come as strange to many of our Catholic listeners, but it is true. Many of our Catholic listeners are in the Northeast, in Massachusetts, in Connecticut. And yes, all the way up into uh, New York and all the surrounding area. And let me just say this, for our listeners who have been listening on WACE in Massachusetts now for 22 years, that station has been sold. As of April 30th, neither this program nor any other program you've been accustomed to listening to on WACE out of Chicopee, Massachusetts, will be able to be heard. Therefore, please be advised that we are working, even today, to establish another station relationship that will enable this program to be heard yet continually starting April 25th, and thereon in that area. From Springfield, Massachusetts, all the way over to Boston, and uh, we're working on it, so please be aware of that. But also, let me just urge you, those of you who are listening up there in that area, you can go to our website, saveus.org, that's saveus.org, and you can there pick up our program, not only live, but you can pick it up and set up the ability to listen to this program any time of the day or night on your cell phone. We pay a hefty price to enable you to be able to do that. And probably 60% of our listeners now listen via their cell phones. Any time of the day or night, I urge you to go to the website now, saveus.org, and take advantage of that opportunity. I think you could find it a great blessing for you and for many others. All right, now we move forward with regard to uh, this matter of a little history lesson that sets the stage for the current setting of the stage for the fulfillment of biblical prophecy and Daniel's final stage, talking about this final Roman rulership of the world. Some might say, well, didn't Rome die? Well, the barbarians came in, yes, The barbarians came in, and they kind of destroyed what seemed to be the power of Rome. But remember, even Will Durant, in his 10-volume history of the Western world, of the world, talks about how ultimately the Roman Catholic Church became, shall we say, 
the ruler of the Roman Empire. So the Roman Empire became the Roman Catholic Church under the papacy. Now, that being the case, then, Europe, you see, not only had been under Roman rule, under the emperors, but also became known as Catholic Europe. And so, now, Europe has that heritage as having been under the Roman Empire, both historically under the emperors and then under the papacy. But that's slipping away. Now, how is that going to be regained? Through NATO. That's exactly how it is being regained. And that is the reason why Pope Francis is leading the charge to unite the peoples of NATO to join together to supposedly defend Ukraine against Russia. Well, the Pope is not happy with Russia. But why? The Pope is not happy with Russia, not just because of Vladimir Putin, but because the Archbishop of the Russian Orthodox Church that believes that the Russian Orthodox Church is actually the true repository of genuine Orthodox Christianity refuses to rejoin the Roman Catholic Church under the Pope. Refuses to do that. A thousand years ago, what is called the Great Schism took place. And the Russian Orthodox Church said, we are not going to go along with the Roman Catholic Church because it has become way too perverse, both in theology and its applications, and we're not going to be part of it. Going back 1,500 years is a, is a prophecy from a fellow by the name of Falofi who declared Russia or Moscow is the third Rome and there will never be another. In other words, a de- declaration prophetically and throughout history that has resonated in the mind and heart of the Russian people for 1,500 years. That ultimately, regardless of what we may think has happened in Russia, with communism and all of that, that ultimately the Russian Orthodox Church will prevail as the ultimate and final historic expression of true Christian Orthodoxy. Therefore, now there is a link between Putin trying to protect Russia in its civil position, and the Russian Orthodox Church in its spiritual position in order to preserve that prophecy and that goal for Russia's role in world history. 
Now, you can you can dispute that. You can argue with it. You can say that's foolishness. But it's true. That is exactly what's happening. Whether you think it is or not, it is what's happening. And it helps to explain the bigger picture that is taking place. So, why then would the, in 2016, June, the UK Daily Express declare World War III with a question mark, furious Putin to ramp up military training after NATO warning. Now, wait a minute. I thought that Russia was the problem, the instigator. But Putin says, no, NATO is the problem. Not in 2022, but in 2016. The problem had already been established and there was a reckoning to take place ultimately. Where will that lead? That's what we want to talk about for the balance of the program. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. I wish I did not have to share with you some of the things that we have to talk about in the next half of the program here on Viewpoint Today. But in order to be honest and truthful, as a follower of Christ, I must. It is a pain for me to have to admit that our own country has been involved in a nefarious scheme to change the world order, and to usher in a new world order. But what would that look like? A new global order. Well, it's being done through the United States effort to coordinate with NATO in order to unite all of the Western world, the former Russian, excuse me, the former Roman Empire into one geopolitical bloc. But for what purpose? For the purpose of establishing a one world global order. So when the former Russian president, Medvedev, warned about this Russian Ukrainian situation in NATO threatening the existing world order, He was right. Whether we like Russia's approach to it or Putin's approach isn't the issue at the moment. We need to look at a much bigger picture here. And that's what we're going to focus on here for the balance of the program today. 
All right. We begin by looking at Hadaretz.com. That is the land of Israel coming from Israel. The date on this report is June 16th, 2016. That's six years ago. Here's the headline. Russia mobilizing for war, warns Canadian intelligence report. Now, the fact isn't, the, the issue isn't whether Russia is mobilizing for war or not. The issue is why is Russia mobilizing for war even in 2016? In other words, this is not something, a Johnny-come-lately situation that just happened in 2022 with Russia making a surprise attack on Ukraine. That's what we're being told, a total unprovoked surprise attack on Ukraine. But that isn't quite the case. Canada's Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, in 2016 announced a possible commitment of troops to Europe following intelligence suggesting that Moscow was retooling for the possibility of war. So what was that all about? The Canadian Broadcasting Corporation reported, again, in 2016, that Moscow was retooling its military for a fight. It is modernizing conventional military capability on a large scale. The state is mobilizing for war, the intelligence agency reported. The American think tank, the RAND Corporation, also released a report suggesting that the new NATO force, the new NATO force, would not be capable of stopping invading Russian forces and that Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia could possibly be overrun within a few days unless the West stations heavily armored brigades in the Baltic countries. Following Russia's annexation of the Crimean Peninsula, which had been under Ukrainian control, the West has primarily responded to the annexation and Moscow support of separatists in eastern Ukraine with economic sanctions, said the Canadian Broadcasting Company. The prevailing wisdom is that fiscal pain will bring Putin around, but the Canadian intelligence agency dismissed that notion, saying, the Kremlin appears to be coherent, durable and united at its center. Western assessments that Russia is vulnerable to economic collapse and disruptive internal discontent are exaggerated. But that's exactly what Joseph Biden has been telling the world, that he can control Russia through sanctions. The Canadian Broadcasting Company said, Not so fast. Now, Finland and Sweden, this report is a new report coming from the Russian Times yesterday. Finland and Sweden could join the U.S.-led military bloc in a matter of months. Notice it's called the U.S.-led military bloc. Now, what is that? NATO. Finland and Sweden could join NATO as early as this summer in response to Moscow's ongoing military assault on Ukraine, according to the report from Britain's The Times newspaper. 
Russia, Finland, and Sweden all have access to the Baltic Sea with a shared Russian-Finnish land border. So now we have Finland and Sweden. I wouldn't doubt that Norway would get in on that. In other words, the nations that the far extent of the Roman Empire reached are now being brought back into the resurrecting Roman Empire known as NATO or the North Atlantic Treaty Organization that actually includes the whole Western world. That is, the world that is the descendants or the grandchildren of ancient Rome. Now, That having been said, we take a look at this report that came out two days ago called NATO Fighting Russia in Ukrainian Proxy War. So we're going to shift now from the idea that what we know, Russia attacked Ukraine, and Ukraine is responsive through Zelensky, in a courageous fashion that the Western world is embracing and making Zelensky a virtual demigod. But what is really taking place there? And why? You see, the refusal to answer the why question honestly and historically is our problem. It's not just who or what or when or where, but why. And that's what we're about to take a look at right now. The U.S.-led NATO military alliance has made it clear that it is willing to fight to the last Ukrainian in order to bleed Russia and advance Western geopolitical interests. Oh, so it's not for the purpose of uh, protecting Ukraine. It's for another purpose. In a shockingly blunt admission, the Washington Post acknowledged that some NATO member states want, quote, Ukrainians to keep fighting and dying, unquote, in order to prevent Russia from making political gains. So it's not about protecting Ukraine, per se. It's about using Ukraine for another purpose. In an April 5th report on peace talks between Ukraine and Russia, the major U.S. newspaper, Washington Post, disclosed that NATO is concerned that Kyiv may give in to some of Moscow's demands. In other words, NATO doesn't want peace. Not really. Anonymous Western diplomats emphasize that, quote, there are limits to how many compromises some in NATO will support to win the peace, unquote. And that they would rather prolong the war in Ukraine if they can prevent Russia from having its security concerns met. Well, what are its concern, uh, security concerns? The fa- same thing that Russia expressed back in 2016 when the Canadian Broadcasting Company was warned that Russia or warned that Russia 
was taking seriously the continuing advance and efforts of NATO to infringe upon its border, therefore threatening Russia's security. Are we beginning to get a bigger picture here? NATO members are desperate not to give, quote, Russian President Vladimir Putin any semblance of victory, unquote, and are more than willing to force Ukrainians into the meat grinder to do so. If the Washington Post is disclosing this information about NATO with quotes from senior White House officials, it clearly has the green light from its handlers in Washington. This report is a semi-official confirmation that NATO sees Ukrainians as mere cannon fodder in its imperial proxy war on Russia. So it's not really a matter of Ukraine versus Russia. It's a matter of NATO versus Russia. And Ukraine is being used as the proxy or stand in the gap for NATO in order for NATO to achieve its final effort to unify the entire Roman Empire for the end times. And they don't realize it's for the end times, but that's exactly what it is. The stage is being set, my friends. This is exactly what the prophet Daniel foretold. If this final government, this final world power, will be different from anything else the world has experienced, and the, uh, the gathering together of all of these nations under NATO is different than anything else the world has ever seen, it is laying the foundation for a one-world government, Western government, to rule and is being set in position by the Great Reset. That's what this is all about. It's not about what we're being told. It's something different. We're not finished yet. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Setting the stage for the fulfillment of biblical prophecy. 
That's what we're talking about concerning the Ukraine and Russian situation that is not what it appears to be on the surface. And we're not being told the truth about it. Our government is not being te- is not telling the people the truth. NATO is not telling the people the truth. This is about a choreographed effort of the Western nations under the label of NATO to unite the former Roman Empire, the nations of the former Roman Empire, into a complete geopolitical and even spiritual block to establish a new world order, a new global order, and the Pope is one of the leaders in promoting it. While he says he wants peace in Ukraine, what he has announced is his support for this new global world order over and over and over again. He is one of the kingpins of the new world order, representing the religious uh, coalitions, shall we say, because even as we speak this year, he is setting up in Dubai his expression of the uniting of the world religions. This is the Pope, supposedly the vicar of Christ. Now, how do you unite the religions of the world if they're not in agreement with the Christian faith? It's because the vision of the Pope isn't about the Christian faith. It's about using the Christian faith to achieve another agenda. I'm sorry to have to report it so bluntly. You give a lot of God talk, a lot of stuff that will cater to the modern, liberal, woke mindset. Because he's trying to capture those people that otherwise will not come under his dominion. It's unfortunate, but it's true. Now let's go back to NATO and the Ukrainians and Russia. A former senior State Department official here in this country, hardline right-wing war hawk Elliot Cohen, boasted in an article in the Atlantic magazine that, quote, the United States and its NATO allies are engaged in a proxy war with Russia. That's another nice way of saying using Ukraine against Russia. Using Ukraine, not defending Ukraine, using Ukraine. He effused proudly, quote, they are supplying thousands of munitions and hopefully doing much else, sharing intelligence, for example, with the intent of killing Russian soldiers, adding, the more and the faster the better. This is exactly what NATO member states are doing, flooding Russia's neighbor with weapons. Instead of supporting peace talks with Russia, the United States and European Union have been actively escalating the war. NATO General Secretary Jens Stoltenberg declared 
in fact, he boasted that direct NATO military support for Ukraine goes back to 2014. That's two years before the report that we talked about for the British Broadcasting Company or Corporation. Goes back to 2014, and that tens of thousands of Ukrainian soldiers were trained by NATO in the past eight years, long before Russia invaded. NATO is the one that had the agenda, not Russia. NATO is the one that had the agenda, not Russia. NATO transparently prefers that Ukrainians keep sacrificing their lives in hopes of weakening and destabilizing Russia. Why would that be? Because the new Western world order, the new resurrected Roman Empire, cannot afford to have any serious competition. How much longer before Russia surrenders to the military arm NATO of the New World Order? Or will Putin launch nukes? I don't know. But what I do know and am confident of is that what we are seeing is something much, much bigger and, dare we say, nefarious. It is not a righteous war being waged on behalf of Ukraine as much as it is using the Ukrainians to wage war on behalf of NATO against Russia. And the stage was set for this at least eight years ago. Now, that's not the only problem here. It's more complicated than this. From the Jerusalem Post, two articles. Netanyahu, when he was still prime minister, this is going back again to the very same month in 2016 that we began with. June 2016. Two articles. The first one says... Netanyahu is deepening ties with Russia, and it's important for Israel's security. Wow. Would you have ever thought that? Now perhaps you can understand why Israel is refusing to align itself with America, with uh, Biden, and with uh, NATO, to go in on behalf of Ukraine. It's a much more uh, uh, consequential situation. Because in 2016, early June, Netanyahu held his fourth face-to-face meeting with Russian President Vladimir Putin in less than a year. For what purpose? to strengthen military cooperation between the two countries and to celebrate their 25 years of diplomatic relations. The article in the Jerusalem Post goes on to say, Russia today is a world power and its relation to Israel is only growing stronger 
as Netanyahu said. These ties are important, quote, for our national security and prevented unnecessary violence on the borders, Netanyahu said. Interesting. You won't hear about this in the context of the current war. Then, three weeks later, the Jerusalem Post contained this headline. Beware Russians bearing gifts. Netanyahu has been quick to stress that America, and not Russia, remains Israel's main international partner. Oh, but listen. Slowly but surely, a strategic reorientation is underway in Israel. Netanyahu made a high-profile state visit to Russia four times in the past year, a public sign of the rapidly expanding ties between Jerusalem and Moscow. But why? Why were the uh, relationship between Jerusalem and Moscow improving? Here's the reason. Years of neglect from and acrimonious relations with the Obama White House. Barack Obama hated Israel and favored the whole Islamic world. Acrimonious relations with the Obama White House had the country's leadership openly questioning the durability of U.S.-Israeli ties. The chilly nature of personal ties between Netanyahu and President Barack Obama caused unmistakable turbulence in the once unshakable U.S.-Israeli relationship and prevented Israeli policymakers from assuming that the current discord is simply a passing phase. This is serious, friends. So while we pretended to be Israel's friend, Barack Obama made it very clear we were not, and he was certainly not. Remember when Netanyahu came over to this country and he was relegated to the back room, so to speak? Uh, Obama wouldn't even meet with him. It was awful. At first blush, Russia seems like a viable alternative then to the U.S. This is from the Jerusalem Post. In recent years, under the direction of its strongman president, Vladimir Putin, Moscow has moved back into the Middle East with a vengeance. It has deftly exploited the vacuum left by the Obama administration's disengagement. Israel, energy-rich and economically dynamic, has become an important strategic prize for the Kremlin. The likely price of Russia's friendship, though, will be a worsening of the U.S.-Israeli partnership. And quite frankly, no matter what he says, Joe Biden is no friend of Israel. Joe Biden is merely the alter ego of Barack Obama. All of which should remind us of the old adage that countries do not have eternal allies, only eternal interests. 
So just because Russia's temporary temporarily coincide with those of Israel doesn't mean that Moscow represents a dependable ally for Jerusalem. True. So where does all this lead us? This leads us to understand that ultimately, not only has Russia, but also China, curried favor with Israel in the past 10 years. Big time. And I do mean big time. Why? Well, there are several reasons. We can look at it from a technology standpoint. We can look at it from a uh, an energy standpoint. Technology and energy, two main things. Israel is right on top on both of them. Israel is one of the premier technology development countries in the world. China desperately needs Israel's technology and will do anything to get it. China also has no energy of its own. Israel, in the last 10 years, had a massive discovery of gas off its eastern shore in the Mediterranean. Now able to even break Egypt and break even Europe free from Russia and its dependency. Do you think that wouldn't be interesting to Vladimir Putin then, knowing that Israel has that energy that's already undermined a significant portion of Russia's economy to shift uh, ship gas around the world, and particularly to Europe. So Russia and China are both currying favor with Israel for nefarious purposes. Israel realizes that Russia is on its border in Syria and Iran through Hezbollah in the north. Israel is vulnerable to both Iran and Russia. Can you understand now why Israel would not be prone to embrace NATO in its attack on Russia? I hope this has been helpful. Things aren't always what they appear to be or what we're told that they are. Get a copy of the book, King of the Mountain, right there on our website, saveus.org. I think you'll be glad you did. God bless and be a blessing. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.